Did you know that the first educational video game was called Logo Programming and was released in 1967? You're listening to the Xbox Hub podcast, the official podcast of the xboxhub.com. For the latest Xbox news, reviews, videos, and opinions, make sure you visit the xboxhub.com. But for now, settle down, get comfy, and open your ears for some podcast delights. Hello, welcome to the Xbox Hub official podcast episode 173. My name's Gareth Bryan, I'm going to be your host. And on my virtual left is Mr. James Burks. How are you doing? Hey, hey. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very good. I sounded fed up when I announced you then. I didn't mean to. I was trying to give it enthusiasm. But it sounds like I was fed up. Oh, sorry, James. Um, on, my, on my virtual right is Mr. Richard Dobson. How are you doing, Richard? Hi, guys. Good to be here. How are we all? Very good. And on my virtual opposite is Mr. Darren Edwards. How are you doing? Hello, everyone. Good to be back. Hope you're okay. Yeah, we're all good. It's raining all over the country. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, but it's raining men in here. So let's uh, let's chat. Hey, careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> you never told me you were going to be on the podcast like this. <laughs> <laughs> let's chat about our weeks. Uh, let's start with Darren. How was your week? What have you been doing? Uh, mine has been um, all right, to be fair. So I was on holiday, so came to the end of that last week, drank copious amounts of red wine and caught up on some games, which was great. And we did um, start uh, start watching the most recent series of You on Netflix. I don't know if any of you have watched it. Um, yeah. But essentially, um, it's about uh, an obsessive um, stalker who gets into all sorts of unbelievable situations. Um but the latest series is set in London because the, the other three were set in the US and it kind of changes things in terms of how it tells the story. So I won't spoil it for anybody, but um, it's a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine. So I very much enjoyed kind of binging that last week as well. Good. It's terrible, isn't it? But good, terrible. I I quite like it. Like, I'm not normally one to be suckered in by what you might call like trashy TV series like that. But... I think it's quite good. So, because Richard's talked Richard. about it in the past, haven't you, Richard? You've, you've yeah, big fan of it. I, uh, I well, <laughs> I gave up after the first two series, but it, it is that trashy, terrible sort of melodrama, but just with copious amounts of violence. I couldn't get my head quite round it. All right. Okay. You there you go, um, Richard. What's your week been like? What have you been doing? Um, I went to the cinema to go see that film that everyone's talking about. Uh, not Oppenheimer, the other one. I went to see Barbie and really enjoyed it. Um, I wouldn't go in watching it if you consider yourself an alpha male because <laughs> you will be broken down by it. It's very full on in terms of the messages it's trying to portray. Um, for the most part, it does a good job of them. Um, and then towards the end, there's a bit where you would expect there to be a big fight. Um amongst amongst these Ken dolls um, but instead they just decide to have a sing and a dance off and it's 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 exactly in in tone with the rest of the film and what you would expect um, it'd be interesting to see where if they do go anywhere with it what they do next um, because of how it ends um, but it's it's kind of a weird one as well because it's 
obviously i think it's a 12a over here so that's likely a pg-13 in the states um but there is quite a lot of innuendo which is is a bit on the nose in some places perhaps not so much so suitable for for kids but no i had a very good time with it um just need to go see oppenheimer now yeah good that's good that is good can i ask a question yeah. Yes. Did you dress up for the occasion, Richard? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I we weren't on Sunday, so I'd been in all day. So I was in in tracky bottoms, um, picked Laura up straight from work, and then we went. But there were people that were dressed up in the in the cinema, which was good to see. Mm. Oh, good. I think you can safely say, Richard, there are no alpha males on this podcast, so none of us will <laughs> we'll be okay. We'll, we'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's safe to say. Good. Good. Um, <laughs> James, how's your week been? Um, I've been watching a lot of the FIFA Women's World Cup. Ah. For better or worse, it's been a mixture of really great games and some I'd rather forget. Um, <laughs> is anyone else from watching it? Yeah, I've done. Yeah, yeah. I've not, no, but I've heard formation changes helped so yeah I, I think it's interesting because what you notice is that across the board you need a lot of investment in grassroots because some of the teams they're nowhere near the likes of England USA Japan and you can see it in every game almost there's a team that hasn't quite got the like I said the investment needed mm. I think I saw today that the Jamaican team had to do a GoFundMe to go to the World Cup. Oh, my God. Wow. And yeah. that's so depressing. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and they've done really well, to be fair. Yeah. Even though they got knocked out, they really tried. And I mm. thought they put them a good, good fight. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's been an all right World Cup. But they definitely need investment. What I think is amazing is, that, is the referee thing. Which is like this is sorry for football people aboard. So the referee now in this World Cup, which I've not seen before, so correct me if you've all seen it. The referee will go and look at VAR, look at the screen, mm. and then will then will announce to the crowd through their microphone what their decision mm. is and why they've done it. And it's it's such a weird thing because it, you're just not used to it. You think is this going to carry on? Because it's very funny because they when I saw the first one, I went, can you hear me? <laughs> to, the, to the crowd I think what are you waiting for they're all to go yay everyone give me a cheer yeah it was yeah. very weird but I wonder if that's... I think it's the way it should be though Dude. I think if we can hear yeah. the referees discussing the actual decision as well if you've got nothing to hide it helps yeah. everyone to stand at home like yeah. why they come to it yeah. Um, but yeah it's a, it's a good step that okay. I think they're trying it yeah. hopefully it works in yeah. the future yeah, there we go. World Cup, fun with James. Um, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna talk about something briefly that it's been out for a long time, but I've just sort of like, went, oh, I'm gonna get around to watching this. I've still got Paramount Plus for some reason, and I've not unsigned for it. And um, I went, oh, I watched the new, I watched the Halo series. You know, it's been out for a couple of years or a year and a bit. Um, and I don't know if any of you have seen the Halo series. I have. I've watched the first episode. All right, but that's it. No. I'm really liking it. I've done about six or seven episodes. I think it's... Now, I know you two, especially Darren, is a big Halo fan. For me, I think they've done a really good job. I think the first thing is, this is no secret here, I think everyone knows, is getting rid of the helmet straight away in episode one. 
He hasn't got hardly got it on. I think that's a good thing because I'm sick of watching men in helmets in sci-fis <laughs> walking around going, who are you? Who's that? There's millions of you on helmets talking about the Mandalorian. So, yeah, and uh, so I thought that was good. I think performances are good. I think I think they do a really good job of, of honouring the game as well as kind of doing their own thing. What do you think, Darren? Um, I think compared to other adaptations for video games, it stands up pretty well. Uh, but it, it kind of lost me halfway through with the story it was trying to tell, I think. Um, I liked... I really liked the actress who plays Dr. Halsey. I can't remember her name now. I think she's a great bit of casting. Probably, actually, the character I enjoyed the most, even more than uh, the Master Chief in the series. Um, But yeah, I I didn't leave it thinking this is amazing, but I I thought, like production-wise, I thought it was better than a lot of other things that you get, you know, that, that have come off the back of, video game adaptations but apparently they're doing a season two as well yeah so it's their most popular I, def- thing yeah I'm, I'm proud of yeah I'm I, I liked it enough that I will definitely give season two a go um, and hope that it kind of continues to gather steam so I'm kind of on the fence really right with it in it no I've, Richard you saw one episode didn't you yeah uh, they did what they did with uh, Yellowstone and put the first episode on channel five when it first launched that's right. how I watched it oh. um but I enjoyed the bit where Master Chief comes down and they starts fighting and you get those first person sections. Um, but other than that, I just, I wasn't invested at all. Right. I think after seeing the, well, I haven't watched it, but all the, the, the hype surrounding The Last of Us and how it largely follows the, the plot of the first game, I think I, that's what I want from, from, my video game adaptations now i want those those stories that are hidden still hidden away behind video games put out to a much broader audience for them for them to enjoy and see how much video games have progressed and storytelling's progressed within video games and i just think what they did with halo they took the basic framework and and messed about with it a bit too much for me see i i i hear what you say i i for me playing all the halo games I've got no idea where any of that's what's going on there, no. and I don't, I, I don't, I don't care as well because it's just like I'm going through here. Katana's lost, and I found her. I feel, I feel like I've done that for about three, three other games, and that's fine. So for me, this this, this is quite good because it actually was a story that was there and about who these people are and why they became to be. And I thought. I thought it's done. It's done a good job for that. For that, me, I'm trying to appeal to a wider audience. I got no idea what's going on in the main games. <laughs> well, the first game was quite uh, told quite a tight story, I thought, and mm. then it started to expand and it kind of lost its way a bit. So I do, I do get that definitely, Gareth. Um, I mean, that last one, which I really enjoyed, by the way, the 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 big one. What's it called? Halo Forever. In- Infinite. Infinite. Yeah. That was all right. <laughs> yeah. I still don't know what's going on there. I couldn't tell you what happened there. We were searching for Katana. She was bad. It, uh, it didn't really go anywhere, no, I don't think, no. which was a bit ironic considering it's called Infinite, but anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> games we've been playing. We're going to start with Richard. Richard's been doing a, a couple of big ones. So is James. Um, and me and Darren were coming last. So we're going <laughs> to talk about Richard. Richard, what's your first one? Um, the one that I have to mention and Neil's told me specifically to mention is Ant Stream Arcade. Um, 
that has been out for a couple of weeks now and my reviews up on the site now i think i gave it a four and a half out of five for the the overall service it's basically a netflix for classic and retro video games um on there there's over 1400 uh, games from the very beginning of video games i think the most recent one is probably 2021 Ooh. so it's got a, a wide range um the more modern games it's got on there are stuff they're still you know people will will make these games now for older consoles so there's this tanglewood on there which i think came out four or five years ago and that's for the sega mega drive for example so they're not mo- they're not modern they are modern games but they're not for modern consoles if you right. see what i mean yeah there. um yeah. and it's just basically you go in get this home page there's just box arts of all these video games more than you would ever probably play uh, you just jump into them, and what it does, it will give you um, like a loading screen with the controller layout on there. Uh, give it a few seconds, and then you just hit play, and all you're doing is streaming this game from the internet, and that side of it works really well. I've not noticed any real lag in any of the games that I get that I tried. Obviously, I wasn't able to try them all, um, uh, but yeah, they're really good how it works is is pretty much flawless um but it does so much more than just having these games there as well uh, there's leaderboards so it'll take your high scores um stack them up against other xbox players and then everyone else that's using the system on mobile and pc i think as well but then it also has these things called challenges so i think this is i think they said there's about 600 of these games have specific challenges that you will choose so you go in play a certain section and you've only got one life or you've got a certain time limit to beat these sections um and how they've incorporated that is really is really quite impressive because obviously you've got these classic video games but these challenges feel very modern um and just like snapshots of of these games if you wanted to jump in you can use these challenges to send uh, challenge requests out to friends or send them out to the rest of the community if you think you're very good at a game but i've not done that because <laughs> i've seen some of i've seen some of them and they're immediately immediately cut down to size when when they send out these requests but they have they also have official tournaments and everything so it's much more than just a collection of these classic video games preserved for uh, retro gamers and, and people wanting to explore things as well it's it's very much like a complete package that you would expect from a, a compilation now with all these extras and stuff and i just had a really good time with it i didn't encounter any real issues with it at all um and yeah if you're into retro games and you find it difficult to get these older consoles now then Antstream is a very viable option for you. Can I ask some questions, Richard? First of all, yes. What's the how much is this? Is it a streaming service? Is it monthly or yearly? It's, it's yearly, so it's I think it's twenty nine ninety nine for a year, or you can get a lifetime pass, which I think is eighty quid. Wow, it's not bad. Which isn't I didn't it? think it was too bad. No, yeah. and there's one thousand odd games in there. Over fourteen hundred at the wow. moment. See, even even since I reviewed it, I think they added three, um, and they're adding more all the time. 
And can I ask one more question and then hand it over? Uh, it, how far does it go back? Does it go back to sort of ZX Spectrum days? Or? Yeah, and, and even further back. Wow. Wow, okay, good. Any questions from you, boys? I do have a question. Um, what's the most well-known game you've kind of come across on there? Because there's an interesting debate at the moment around like preservation of games with things being delisted and you can't get access to them. So I think this is a really positive move. So what's the kind of caliber that's on there? Yeah, uh, very good question. I think your main ones, uh, you've got like the original Mortal Kombat on there. There's all the different versions of Worms. So you've got the, um, oh. the Mega Drive version. The P I don't think they've got the PS1 version on there, actually. Uh, but you've mm. got like the SNES version, or is it the NES version? I can't remember which one, the Amiga version. So if you played one on oh. a specific console, that version's likely in there as well. Um, because because back in that day that that sort of thing mattered more. Whereas nowadays, if they were to release a game, there would be barely any difference between the consoles. You can mm, really yeah. tell the difference back in, with those older consoles. Um, there's Double Dragon on there. There's Metal Slug on there. Um, so some really big IPs then. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's some big ones. There's like the Super Star Wars games as well. But there, but if you go in there thinking, oh, I'll be able to play all the classic Mario games or all the classic Zelda games, it's not really like that. And I think that's probably mm. more Nintendo's thing. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I get it because they, they want to protect those those really classic um, franchises. But there's still a lot of big hitters on there. Good, James. You got a question? Uh, not really. I'm just looking at all the games now. Oh. I'm reading every single game that's in it, and the arcade games look fantastic. Yeah. Like you say, when the Super Grey character will join in. I mean, it's. You do get more than your money's worth, aren't you, yeah. with that? If you're into yeah, those yeah. games. Yeah. And, I mean, I think the only thing that's missing is if we can get some Game Gear games. It's got Game Boy, it's got Genesis and that. I can't see Game Gear. Well, having, played some, of the, having played some Game Gear games as part of the uh, Sonic Origins Plus <laughs> recently, I'm quite glad they're not in there, to be honest. <laughs> hey, you can't not call Spot. <laughs> I wonder if um I, I can't remember if Game Gear Nintendo kind of had it as part of their service or not because they had uh, some Sega platforms so maybe maybe they've got them. I don't know. Good. Okay. My my advice to everyone is don't go back. Never go back. <laughs> um, as I always say. But you have done it before. Yeah, I've done it. I've done it before. I've, I've done it twice this year. Yeah, this year. Um, right. Let's go to James. James has got an interesting game that I've had a little go at. Tell us about it. Which one could that be? Hopefully <laughs> it's not the uh, Telltale one. No. Um, so, Vendor is the game we're going to talk about first. And it's a narrative-focused cooking game. And it's about a, a South Indian family who moved to Canada. And it's about how they adapt to life and new surroundings and and there's a bit of love in there, loss and and depressing parts. But there's some really interesting parts as well. And they try and tie well, they try and feel like more at home by doing cooking and cooking old family recipes from the uh, Tamil culture that they're used to. So most of the time you're cooking like billiardies or idlis 
um, give, a, give a few doses. And it's just a really lovely game that's full of, well, South Indian culture. And the music's ridiculously catchy. I mean, there's, there's a different track for every chapter. And they've all been curated to be inspired by the time period that it's actually, you know, covering in that story. And they're all really, really addictive. I actually listened to a few after coming out of the game. That's how good they are. Um, But yeah, the cooking is very simple. It's a bit of a puzzle, like working out what ingredients go in first, or trying to decipher like a poorly translated recipe. You gotta kind of guess a little bit, and that's that's part of its charm, because you're learning how like they feel as well when they're trying to work out what things say. Because it's not na- English isn't their native tongue, so it's difficult for them, yeah. and you kind of experience that difficulty. Um, and yeah, it's only I think it took me ninety minutes to finish it. Oh wow. It's really short, and that is the only drawback, because the rest of it is just lovely. Yeah. It's a cultural delight. And it's on Game Pass, isn't it? It is, and it's £10 otherwise, Okay. which I think, I don't know, maybe it's a little bit much, but I think once you play it, you'll you'll feel like the image is worth just about. Um, Any questions? You gave it four and a half, didn't you? I did. As we call the pool score. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it looks great. I've had a quick go at it, and I've failed to cook some dumplings. So, um, but I really liked it. Yeah. And I don't know how you can fail. It's not that difficult. <laughs> that was the first one. I couldn't do the first <laughs> one. <laughs> and you ask it, it tells you the answer as well. I know. <laughs> I was in a rush. Um, <laughs> Good. Any questions for you before we move on? It looks great. Not so much your question, just observation. I mean, it, I I totally agree with what James said. In terms of, I love a game where you, you get the the kind of culture shine through mm-hmm. from the developers. And um, I remember Neil saying he thought it could be a bit of a sleeper hit as well. So I'll be intrigued to see how well it does because it's on Game Pass too. Yeah. It's Good. getting a lot of high scores. Mm-hmm. So at Good. least everyone else seems to be appreciating it. Yeah. As well. It's always a relief when you review something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Darren, what's your game? Uh, so I'm going to head back to Retroland. Um, so the first game I've reviewed, and it's live now, is called Ginnick Special Edition. So this is an old-school platformer that released on the NES or the Famicom because it only released in Japan, and then it had a limited release in Scandinavia of all places. So it's one of those kind of lost gems that never made it to these shores um and it's it's overall i was quite impressed with it although it wasn't really my type of game because it's quite a difficult platformer so it's quite challenging it's quite frustrating like there are a few times where i kind of wanted to scream and nearly lash the controller across the room um but essentially you play as a little um he's like a little dragon character think of like the the bubble bobble dragons and he looks he looks pretty much like that and the story goes um that a, a young girl is um kidnapped by her toys who have come to life and you have to set out to get her back and it plays across uh, six different levels 
Um, but there's secret items to find in each level. So if you get all of them, you unlock like a true ending and like a final final zone. Um, but considering it was made on the NES, it looks and sounds brilliant. And it it's because it released alongside when the SNES was out and it was kind of, it had launched halfway around the world by this point. So these 16-bit games were coming out and it's Sunsoft who developed it and they were making it for the NES, but they were aware that they had some real competition out there in, in terms of next gen. So, um, yeah, it still stands up to this day. Like as as a platformer released in 1992, it's it's still perfectly playable, enjoyable, especially for those who like a challenge. Um, the the main character you play as is quite heavy in the air, so there's, there's small margins of error in terms of jumps, um, and he is quite slippy at the same time. So if you land on a platform, you can easily slide off the other side and and die. So that's where some of the challenge kind of comes in as well. Um, but as I say, like not my kind of style of platformer, but I did appreciate how how well it stands up today. Unfortunately, though, the special edition half they haven't they haven't done anything to the game itself. But what they've done is they've split it down into how you can play it. So you can play a normal mode where you can save at any point you want, like to the second. So if you've cleared like a tricky bit, you can save it straight away. So if you die, you can reload it. And there's a little rewind function as well. But if you play it on that mode, you don't get any of the achievements. So I played it through on that mode once to kind of learn the kind of get the lay of the land, if you like, and then played it in um, what they call serious mode, which is how it was meant to be played. Um, and there's online leaderboards because there's a speedrun mode as well. Uh, there are only two people on the leaderboard, though, when I checked. So clearly not a very popular way to, to play it. Um, so, yeah, it's it's good because we talked about preservation earlier. Like it's made, it's a game that hasn't been released over here. But um I gave it three and a half, I believe, because as a game, it still stands up really well, but they haven't really done much to kind of bring it up to date, if you like, 30 years later. Good. Thank you, Darren. Any questions for that? Uh, I have one. Is this um, a Rattalika release? Because they've been doing quite a few of these retro releases recently. No, I don't believe it is um it's it's not um i can't remember who's published it um uh, but i know i know sunsoft developed it originally um it, it kind of looks like it though um because there's book there's like you can play zoom screen or or standard um ratio and there's like the little borders and stuff as you kind of get with those games um but the the kind of gimmick if you like the gimmick is his ability to you don't you can't attack but you can chuck this kind of shooting star but you can also jump on and, and ride it as well so that's how you get to like secret areas so in terms of the physics as well it was kind of perceived to be ahead of its time and it really stands up well in terms of platformer today it's just difficult to master that's all good that sounds that sounds hard <laughs> it's not quite as hard as like super meat boy but it's it's on its way right. so it's it's one of those type of platformers yeah good Finishing. Good, thank you, Dan. Um, one of my, it's me, it's me. Um, I'm going to briefly talk about Echo Blade. It's a game that I reviewed on the site. Echo Blade, it puts you in the position of, you don't much of a story here, you don't really know what's going on, but that doesn't matter. You're in a dungeon at the bottom, in a jail, I think, and you've got a helmet on that you can't see anything with. So it's a first-person action-adventure game. Um, but you blind so you're using sound as your um 
way of mapping. So you can you can sort of like move when you move your sword around, it kind of you'll see a sort of like sonic what's it called? Ultrasonic kind of view of the map. So you'll see edges of walls and you'll see colours. So you might see you'll see enemies in red if they're moving around. So you're kind of having to but if you stop still, it will just go dark on the screen. So you've got to kind of keep moving. You might see sort of a glowing key in the distance that's or a, or a torch is always moving or the sound is so you can kind of see that. And so you're trying to navigate yourself through this dungeon and then you have to have combat with you know enemies. There's some platforming later on, avoiding traps, which is quite hard when you're just trying to work out the lay of the land. But it's really it's quite a little it's it's a clever game. It's really kind of interesting. And I've played a few games where I played a game called The Veil. Which I really loved, which is an, it's in complete darkness and it's all just navigating by sound. That game, like multi-directional mics, it's really clever. And so you're sort of having to just go into the areas where where you think the sounds coming from, and you have to fight in that. But this is a different thing. It's it's it plays almost a bit like Skyrim or something in the combat, or Oblivion, that kind of feel to it. Dodges, jumps, um, dodges and blocks, and uh, and it's it's quite a, a big game. The sort of boss battles and everything, getting out of this dungeon. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought all the mechanics were great. I thought the visuals were kind of nice when you see the map disappearing and appearing. It's a great little thing because you obviously get lost. It, all Your footprints are always there. You can know where you've come from. So you, that helps you. Otherwise, you'll just be completely lost. Um, and um, it just gets a bit samey after a while, after a couple of hours. But um, apart from that, yeah, it's really good. Echo Blade, if you fancy walking around in a dungeon in pitch black. Who doesn't? <laughs> That's what we do in London. Um, yeah. right. Oh, I still didn't fall this week there. <laughs> um, good. Let's go back to Richard. You've got another big game, big score. Yeah, my first five out of five this year. Um, Remnant 2. Um, absolutely loved it. I'm a big fan of the first game. Um, this sort of takes that basic framework that's it's basically like if the first game was a, a draft then then remnant 2 is your, your, your final draft and it's just improves upon everything that 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 first game had um so for those that don't know the remnant games are souls like looter shooters third person looter shooters um this one takes place um some years after i think you it's different it's different characters but some of the npcs are returning from the first game um the big bad from the first game has seemingly been defeated but the world's still recovering from from the aftermath of it um you arrive at this revamped ward 13 uh and then the the big red crystal that's used to transport people around the world suddenly reactivates and takes two people in with it so you decide rather than just leave them lost you you jump in after them um and then you travel to these incredibly varied worlds um so starting up a new game you you get randomly assigned one of three worlds to start off in one of them is like a big um it's meant to be like an alien spaceship but at the same time it's a planet and how i the story that I got in that that world was um, this guy needed three things for me to collect to then send his planet slash spaceship through a black hole and, and into safety, basically. But then 
reading other things about it each time you play this world because after you've completed it once you can re-roll it and anything that you've missed you can sort of try and get again because each world has two different stories and that's the beauty of remnant remnant and remnant 2 is that everything's procedurally generated so how you how you play it will be very different to how someone else plays it um so you get that you get like a wider open area with all these doors and portals leading to other areas but they could be anywhere so you might go through a seemingly similar door and end up with very different boss battles to someone else that's why you, you're encouraged to sort of replay these worlds afterwards to experience everything can i ask um, a question richard just really quickly because yes. i've read about this so if if i'm playing co-op with you and you're hosting yes. it i'm in your world in whatever that world is your procedure generated world is that yeah. right so i'm not in a separate world i'm not in a procedure generated world but we're together but we're in your world you yeah I think you would join my instance, and then if you went back to your single-player game, it would be different to mine. Right. Sorry. That's a good... Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. But, the, but Remnant 2 just... So the, the first game was very good, but the, the main criticism of the first game was that all the bosses were a little bit bullet spongy. And this one now um, completely revamps the, the boss system. I mean, they're still very challenging with it being a Souls-like... But they're far more tactical, and, and and even in my review, the only thing I could really liken it to was the original raids when you played Destiny. Mm. There's just so much more than just shooting at an enemy and hoping that you've got enough life to, to last long enough. One of the bosses that I had once you go to a place called the Labyrinth was, was literally a maze. And then there was these cubes that were just rolling around this maze and you had to destroy these cubes. And that was a boss. There wasn't like a, a figure or anything to defeat. The cubes were, were the boss. Um, and then in another one of the worlds, you travel all around. But in the center of this world, there's this house that you don't have access to, but you can hear all these strange noises from it. And the more you explore this world and the law within this world, you, you begin to understand what this house actually is. And then why all the residents of the house and everyone around this house are, are the way they are. And that's a really good example of the, the in-world storytelling that Remnant 2 just does so much better than the first game. I mean, the overarching story is a little bit weak compared to, but you're invested in these in-world stories far more than the actual overall story. Um and it just improves upon everything. The, the shooting's better, the loot's better, the the systems where you upgrade your weapons are far more. There's there's lots more loot, um, but they all feed into systems, and you can feel every little increment of your character improving makes a real difference. Um, and yeah, I'm just happily re-rolling worlds and playing through them with with glee at the moment. Oh, brilliant, Richard. Good. Um, any any questions from you two? Um, I haven't got a question. Just a bit of advice, really. If Guy wants to join your current game, Richard, just say no. <laughs> I'm not going for anyone, really. <laughs> Kid was having them heart attacks when he said, when you went, it was like my experience in Destiny 2, and Kid was thinking, oh, no, no. <laughs> I played that with Garrett. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. 
Good. Thanks for that. Yes, noted. <laughs> um, right. Thank you, Richard. First five-star game. That, that's great. Uh, James, what's your second game? Well, Telltale Games are back. Woo-hoo. Really? And I kind of finished episode one. It was my Telltale Games. So, okay. Back. <laughs> um, so, it's The Expanse, a Telltale series. And it's based on the hit book series and TV show, The Expanse. And um, where do I start? So you aboard a scavenger ship and you play Kamina Drummer, who's a character in the TV show. And this is set way before the TV show. So it's a bit of an origin story. So you're having to kind of lead the team to do scavenger hunts and try and get a big payday on the outer belt of, well, the universe. Um, I mean, there's a lot going on in this episode. <laughs> there's a lot of lingo that I don't understand. I was very overwhelmed. Uh, I'm overwhelmed now thinking about it. I'm getting hot sweats. <laughs> I like, I like the way you started trying to explain it and then went, this is too much. I've gone, I'm, I'm, I'm in too deep. So, basically, on the negative side, it's got a terrible storytelling. Most of the conversations are boring and quick oh. and you think, I don't care who these characters are. You did a terrible job at getting me to care, if you know what I mean, um, which doesn't help when you've got decisions to make. Because you take any decision. Because hmm. you, you really don't... You're not bothered what happens. Um, and the voice acting, a lot of it seems phoned in. Um, and it just adds to the poor narrative, really, as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the good side, there's a whole section where you explore a wrecked ship. And you have to use zero gravity thrusters. So you can fly around the ship. Um, and you've got a finite of scavenge. And this this ship has been attacked by pirates already before you got there. So it's full of like dead bodies, uh, floating heads, blood everywhere. It's really gruesome. And that is one of my favourite parts. <laughs> it's quite a dark atmosphere. And it... It was exciting for a change. Um, I mean, it's quick time events. They're really bad. Just because they're boring. Oh, God. Um, um, oh. I was going to say about it. Well, that's, that's enough. It doesn't sound it, that good. It, 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 I think it's a lot better for someone who might be familiar with the world. Yeah. Because there's a nice cameo and like a voice note. Um, and there's a lot of references in different parts of the universe. But it's a very average start to a series that was quite hyped up. Um, but it's the first episode. Yeah. So I'm not going to write it off just yet. No. Um, and that review is out later on today. So by the time you listen to this, you can read it. Perfect. Um, any questions? 
No, we haven't got time for questions. I'm moving on. <laughs> on. I'm sorry. We've got so much to we've got so much to get through. Uh, I'm looking at the time. Um, good. That's good, James. Thank you, Darren. We've got another game. Yes, on. I do have another game uh, called Sea Horizon. Oh, just to answer your question from earlier, Richard, the gimmick game was published by Bitwave, so not um, Rattalika uh, on this occasion. Yeah. So, see, you're welcome. So, Sea Horizon is a role-playing game, but it's got kind of tabletop card game elements. So you um, navigate the high seas, um, and it's on like a hexagonal plane map. Um, and you go from square to square um, and you use hunger as you move and you also have to fend off uh, random encounters as well. Um, and then there's loads of different things that will unveil themselves. It's a bit like a fog of war situation as you explore the map. You've got an objective, you've got a hit, but if you do decide to risk your resources and because if, you, if your hunger kind of gets too bad you'll die of starvation um so you need to kind of it's kind of a bit of a trade-off do you go for that loot and go for that treasure chest or go and take on that extra battle or do you just kind of plow forward but if you go straight to uh, like the main kind of end of level boss then you won't have very much of a chance of beating it um, and when you go into these encounters it's turn-based and then you have cards that up at the bottom of the screen and you have to choose which moves to use um, there's all sorts of different status effects as well that you can invoke, but you have um, dice are randomly rolled at the start of each battle and of each turn. And then depending on the symbols on the dice, you then have so many corresponding moves with, with the cards. It sounds complicated. There's no easy way to describe it, but it's actually fairly straightforward once you get used to it. Um, and it's a roguelike as well. So once you've done the run and play through that character, the character will level up, so the progression will stay. But you'll lose your items and um, you can only carry one or two over to the next one you get to choose at the end if you're successful it's quite interesting though because you can play you play as each class on like a different mission and you can't kind of mix them up and then you can just do dungeon runs as well or you can play a mode we can take control of three characters at the same time so i'm quite enjoying it to be fair as strategy games go it's bright vibrant colorful fairly easy to pick up Nothing that you haven't seen before from those type of games, but um, yeah, it's it's quite fun. Good way to kill a couple of hours, I think. Oh. Basic levels of strategy, so yeah, it works well. Sends a shiver down my spine when you say roguelike. Now, <laughs> whenever I read it, I'm, yeah, oh, God. it's mm. it's not it's not as roguelike as some other games because it's this kind of it's mostly turn based strategy with those kind of card and dice board game elements rolled in as well. Good. Thank you, Darren. Um, we look forward to it. Is that with you out? No, no. I've, I've only played a few hours, so um, keep your eyes peeled over the next day. Probably a few days to a week. Good. Um, just quickly, as I always like to do this, I could do this in private, but I like doing it on the podcast. Richard, have you finished Final Fantasy sixteen yet? <laughs> no, not yet. I am at the desert town called Dalamil. Yes. I'm, um, I'm a little bit further on than you. Oh, um, you, you've shot ahead. I've yeah. just finished that, and I'm on my way to the next bit now. I did a boss. Where are you? I'm a bit further. I won't say anything. I don't spoil anything. So, but I did a boss battle, and it was so long. I went and had lunch in between. Paused it. <laughs> had my lunch. <laughs> came back. Still another 45 minutes of that. Yeah. Sore fingers. But yeah, I'm enjoying it still. Really enjoying it. But I feel like I've been playing it for years. Um. 
Good, gentlemen. We're going to go every. This is the start of the month. Every month we do the. We have an article. Dave Ozzy does the article, and it's a little YouTube thing that Neil's put together based on these games, um, which is the best Xbox and Game Pass games for August. We're just going to go through them, have a little think. If you like the look of any of these things, um, first one on the list is a game I don't really know anything about called Gord. Anyone know about this? It's by uh, published by Team Seventeen. Mm. Um, it's quite interesting. Um, inspired by Savic folk tales, it's kind of like a little adventure. You, any of you know anything about this? I don't uh, actually. Uh, no, have a look at that. Gord, that's <laughs> 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 getting nervous. <laughs> 17, you can't normally go too far wrong, exactly. Then, so. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's all sort of it says, and just look at the comment construct fortifications so that people can be protected. So, is that a survival game? What is it? We don't know, but yeah, that's coming out in in August. Atlas Fallen. Now, we're going to talk a lot about Atlas Fallen next podcast. All of us are uh, a few goes at it, so we won't say anything about that, but that's coming out very soon, I think, on the 10th. Um, by the people who made the surge, we'll have lots of comments in chat about that next month, next month, next week. I've gone mad. I've gone mad. Um, next one on the list is Stray. Who's excited about Stray? I'm excited because I never ended up yeah. playing it when it came out to PlayStation. So I'll look forward to this. I think, when's it coming out? Is it soon? The 10th as well, I think. Oh. Yeah. James, do you like the sound of this as well? Yeah, I don't really like cats, but it looks interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to give it a go after seeing it so many playstation showcases yeah yeah I, I, I loved it i thought it was great i really had a good time with it when i played on playstation i love seeing the kind of like um the sort of youtube clips of people playing it with their cats watching yeah. <laughs> that makes me laugh a lot um moving out too anyone play the first moving out yeah it's annoying <laughs> really annoying <laughs> <laughs> it's got super physics. Like, oh, and you took it in. Yeah, but worse than that. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's very popular. Stressful. It's coming back, yeah. moving out to his back. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think so. It's um, a sequel, it's not really popular. It's <laughs> <laughs> just got the same assets. I just thought it's too that quickly. Um, New furniture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, next one on the list is Marble It Up Ultra. Mm. You're all excited about this. Tell me what this is about. It's Marble and Marble Game. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> uh, I have no idea. Yeah, it probably is just that, isn't it? I have no idea. What do you mean a marble game? Is that you're you're taking a marble through a maze? Is it is that kind of thing? A bit like Super Monkey Ball, I guess. Oh, but, okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That type of thing, or the a really retro throwback, uh, Cooler World PS1. I think you're really you're familiar with that, Richard, aren't you? Very, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I had my eye on this until it got stolen from under my feet. Ooh, who took oh. it? Neil, Neil pulled rank. Oh, my oh. word. You'll get, it, you'll get it back in a week. He's not going to do that. Um, 60 levels, 100 marbles, and weekly challenges. Oh, yeah. And online leaderboards. So multiplayer as well. Good. Um, Shadow Gambit, The Cursed Crew is the next one on the list. Um, hmm. What is this? I think it's like a little, a game. little RPG thing, is it? Maybe yeah. it's not. Real time stealth and strategy. Oh, okay. Oh, I've never heard of this. I think it's on our list of to review. Um, 
no one knows about this, but we're going to go on to Richard's game of the year, Madden NFL 24. <laughs> 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 You're the Madden person, aren't you, Richard? You do it every year. I, I do. Um, I have not seen anything about this one to suggest that it's going to be a big a big uh, update, whereas the one last year had a few new new things. This one, I'm just not seeing anything. I think they're trying to spin it out with with these terms that Dave's put in his his article, field sense, sapient technology, and hit everything 2.0, and I just feel like, so it's just an update. It's an update to the last one with very little of uh, meaningful content added in by the sounds of it. Oh, I look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you want to do these games anymore? Richard? These ones? I do enjoy them, but it's it's when it's just like the the tiniest things, and yeah. they're trying to push it out as a brand new release. It was um, it was like me doing the they, bloody basketball games every year. So thank God we had a reviewer who likes it. <laughs> but they do it with all of them, so I don't know why it should come as a surprise. Really, yeah. Um, I don't know when that is. I think it's probably 24th or something around that time. Um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now, who did a little preview of this for us? I can't remember. Someone, maybe Ali, I think. We had this for a while. Maybe I got that wrong. Um, is it, um, do you know anything about this? Whether it's a... Is it like a Dead by Daylight game or is it a single player game? No, it's a, it's a Dead by Daylight game. Okay. Um, and I think... Is Leatherface not in Dead by Daylight already, or is that Friday the Thirteenth that does the same thing? And the, and I think he's in all of them. It's, it just doesn't make any sense. No, why why they've done it? Why Dead by Daylight is getting all these franchises, and then those franchises doing their own version of it? Mm-hmm. They're very popular. People love doing this, don't they? Um, but we can all do it because it's on Game Pass, isn't it? Ah. Maybe it's... Maybe, we don't have to. Then. <laughs> maybe I'll give it a try. Yeah, we can give it a try. Yeah, it's quite a nice one to play. James, come on. Play it. Let's see what Payday's think about. Oh, yeah, Payday. Payday 3. <laughs> yeah, that's our <laughs> game. I'll give it. That's our game. Um, <laughs> next on the list, Immortals of Avium. Avium? Avium? Avum. Avum. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, Richard, what is it? How do you say it? No idea. No. I just liked Avum. Have them. Have them. Yeah, so I like the look of this. Me and Richard like the look of this. We're quite keen on this, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, first person shooter with magic. Looks looks interesting. Um, looks like it could be quite a good story as well. But... And it's the uh, creative director of Dead Space and Call of Duty. So it's interesting. Yeah, I, I did. I thought have looked... we seen it on a showcase sometime? We have. I was thinking that. I think it was it Summer Games out. Fest. Yeah. Was it? I feel like it was on one of Jeff's. And they were in the desert. Yeah, Clan in the Tower or something. Yeah, I think we did oh, see. Yeah. I think it was Jeff's. Yeah. 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 It was excited yeah, for this as well. He's not getting anywhere near us. He'd be fuming now at home. Fuming. Um, <laughs> Good. Yeah, we all like the look of this. Um, it's busy at the end of the month, no, isn't it? And then we're in, no, apart from James. Yeah. Well, yes, that's a given. Um, <laughs> Blasphemous 2. Anyone play the first Blasphemous? Christ, no. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there's a second one. <laughs> more more Dalton bosses in Blasphemous 2. That's what it says here. Yeah, it's like a 2D kind of like hell game. Yeah. It must be a 2D. Yeah. And the next one, <laughs> as you can see, I'm reading this as we go along. I'm surprised for some of these. Daymare, 1994, Sandcastle. I oh, think... no, no, is this one? No, no, no. It's this October in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> Daymare, isn't that awful game I reviewed? Um, oh, I know what it is. Yeah, I do know what it is. Um, yeah, it's like a little Resident Evil clone. 90s Resident Evil quote. Yeah, it was very popular. People loved it. Um, mm. And it was good. Did a good job, I think. Um, but yeah, so that's another one of those. People will like that. Um, no one likes it here. Everspace 2, which is coming to Game Pass. Who's who's keen for this? Paul. Paul? <laughs> wanted this one as well. Good. good. Yeah, that's good. Um it does, I'm kind of keen on it. I just think if it's just not just shooting all the time, there's some other bits to it, it might be quite good. But I think it's getting some, getting, it's got some sort of sevens and eights in when it's on PC, so yeah. Um, WrestleQuest, we talked about this before. Is it out already, James? Yeah, it's out this month. Have you played it already? I can't talk about it. Oh, okay, well, let's not talk about it then. WrestleQuest is coming out. <laughs> I, I did a preview. I did talk about the preview. Oh yeah, you had talked about it on here, didn't you? Yeah, I did. So ignore me. Okay, fine. Maybe fun. Yeah, good. We'll talk more about like that wrestling. when you come out. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Um, and that's a list. Now he's now Dave, bless him, has missed out a few of these, but he's mentioned it there. We've got Stray Gods are role playing musical and Armored Core. I think that's going to be a big favorite, especially for Paul. Yeah, yeah, and the uh, not Paul on that one. Oh, Richard, I like. I, I do quite like the look of this. Right. Um, and with it being from software, suddenly, never played an Armored Core game, heard that they do them, and suddenly I'm very interested in it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Stray Gods, the role play musical, I quite like the look of this. Um, but there's a game that Dave's missed out here. Oh, it's called Under the Waves, which I've really championed. It's coming out August 29th. There's no need to bring it in, Gareth. I know. It's too many classics. <laughs> Daymare nineteen ninety four. Yeah, Under the Waves looks amazing. We've seen, we saw it in a couple of showcases. It does look great. Yeah. Coming August twenty ninth. Busy time there, and then we're in next month September. Ho, 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 ho. Big big mm. month. Um, great, that's really good, gentlemen. Gentlemen, just really quickly, I think we're just going to cover one bit of news because we're running out of time. But um, let's talk about Switch Two briefly. With, yes. There's rumours of it, isn't it, coming out in uh, 2024. These are sort of getting a little bit more concrete, aren't they, um, as the time goes on. Is there is there a need for another Switch? Um, I mean, it's been out for a good while now, hasn't it? So I feel yeah. like they people have been expecting them to, to kind of tell everyone what's next. Um, and I guess if they want to not lose out too much in terms of how the games look, and storage and all that stuff then i guess i i think it's probably about the right time to be fair but they've kind of held back a little bit because they like to go last nintendo in the cycle i think at the minute it makes sense for them i mean they they, they sell a lot yeah <laughs> I, I think there's a kind of comment i read they were looking at 20 but they want to make sure they've got enough consoles you're thinking you'll never right. have, you'll never have enough consoles you never do there will be a waiting mm. list for three years for this mm, as always is um who has got? Have you got a Switch down already? You have. I'm the only one who has got a Switch. I think. 
we do have a Switch. Well, we've got two Switches, I must confess. We've got the Zelda one, and we've got one when it launched as well. So we've got the OLED and the, and the regular. Um, Richard, do you think if this came out 2024, there'd be a host of games to go with it, new games, are they? Yeah, because of the, the rumours sort of say it's going to have the cartridge slot, which would be similar to the Switch now. Um, so that leads me to believe that everything would be backwards compatible. So I think they do need a, a suite of new games to launch it with to sort of justify the upgrade. Um, but I can absolutely see it happening next year now. Mm. Yeah, it does feel good. Maybe I'll get one. Maybe this will be my time. It is a very good console. Yeah. They're, they're brilliant. I mean, I would say as a prediction, as a launch title, there'll probably be a new Mario game because Odyssey is quite a few years ago now and there's been a focus on Zelda and things. So I think they'll have some, you know, big mascots ready to launch with the console. Mm. They normally do. They're normally pretty good at having a good um, software lineup when they launch a console. James. Yeah, some Zelda remakes or remasters maybe. Just want Wind Waker. That's all I want, and I'll be happy. <laughs> okay, um, James, you you excited as these two about it? Um, no, I don't play that often anymore. <laughs> I'm happy just to stick with the old console for another ten years. Oh, okay, good. Same the same game. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's your thing. Um, one last bit of news before we wrap up. Um, Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, the is that the online one? I think yeah. so. That's coming to Xbox. Finally, people have been going mad. Richard mm. and James. Richard, first of all, you like this idea? Yeah, it's it's been a long time coming. Um, but I'm also mainly just happy to see Final Fantasy and Xbox and Square Enix all getting along together because there'd been a lot of rumours going around that they'd had what, a fallout for whatever reason. So this sounds like everything's been put to bed now. Um, and they sort of said also during the announcement that they're looking to get other Final Fantasy titles onto Xbox as soon as possible. So, okay. any Final Fantasy is good Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Um, James, are you? Uh, would you ever go at this in MMO? MMO, MMO. I've tried to have a go at quite a lot of Final Fantasies, so yeah, I'll probably get this one now for about five minutes, and then go back to playing something like Gems of War. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it out too. <laughs> it's only, only to be an MMO for Get Gens of War. That's the dream. I mean, <laughs> I mean, don't get my hopes up. You just want to be a mini of something similar in yeah. one of them. Yeah. Well, yeah. Find out. Let Find me know. Out. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. um, right, we're going to go by now. What are we looking forward to next week? Uh, let's start with James. James, what are you looking forward to? Um, not a lot. Another Korean lesson. That's about it, really. Oh, what have you got? What's the word of the day? Have you got one for us? Oh, I'll find out what podcast is this week. Yeah. In Korean. Yeah. It's podcaster. Great. Another useful lesson from James. Uh, we'll be able to put those words all together soon <laughs> for the sentence. Um, good. Um, Richard, what about you? What's your week going to be like? Uh, Laura's going to Edinburgh on Sunday, and I've booked that week off as well. So I've got a nice week to myself, and I haven't told her yet, but me and a few friends are going to Dublin on Monday, and we're just going to send her a picture of us in a pub. Oh, that's going to go down well. (laughs) 
I, I, I'm advising you now. That's, go, uh, go in there for the day. So it's, I think it's a thirty-three pound return. Can't go wrong. Wow, good. There you go. Um, Darren, what about you? I mean, that's mad, isn't it? That's much cheaper than me getting the train to London to see Gareth from Nottingham, which is just crazy. Um, I'm uh, back at work and uh, working quite a lot, so nothing um, that exciting on the horizon for us. But Ryan wants to go and see The Meg 2 next week when it comes out, <laughs> so we'll probably end up at the cinema yes. watching that. I just put, I think Paw Patrol comes out at the same time, so they're trying to get the hype again, like a Bob and Hyder type thing, but I'm not sure it'll, I'm not sure it'll happen quite the same. No. <laughs> just an inkling no what's the name what's the uh, the portmanteau for that i don't know i can't remember what they come up with but it, I, I, I can't think of one that would that would work maybe poor yeah, yeah 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 it's not as good is it no um i'm this week looking for a disco floor for a show we needed floor that's a disco floor if anyone knows about a disco floor, they want to sell it. Get hold of me. Right, gentlemen, now if one That's <laughs> as eighties as the car pretty I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Um if anyone um no, what am I talking about? We're we're leaving. Um what's your when if we need to get hold of you, I was gonna go into something else. I was gonna go to the next podcast. Um Darren, if we need to get hold of you, where do we get hold of you? Uh I'm on Twitter or X, what the bloody hell it's called these days, um at twenty seven Darren. And uh, Richard, what are you? I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and still on threads. And my handle is at Dublin 1912. Brilliant. And James, what about you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at OTGKO. Don't contact me, I'm interested. Any disco floor inquiries, please. Uh, you can get me on GB Briley on Twitter, Twitch, and something else. Threads. Um, but for now, we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Bye bye. You've been listening to the official podcast of XboxHub.com. You'll be able to find all the notes of this show at www.thexboxhub.com slash podcast. You can also check out our social feeds on Instagram and Twitter at The Xbox Hub and search The Xbox Hub on Facebook.